This is the Championship Formula with your host, Mike Plymel. And joining me tonight is going to be the Cajun Raider, Mike Wielden. Yo, what's up? Sitting across from me, we have Josh Kenny, the casual. I'm going to copy you. What's up? <laughs> and we have <laughs> Vinny Gonzalez. To the yes, room. sir. There we go, the nation. You just and blew out again, all of our eardrums. Thank Let's you, go. Mike. And joining us again is going to be just the tip, Mr. Matt Nacious. But I want the shaft. Thanks for having me, fellas. I've always been told I have a face for radio. (laughs) (laughs) You never knew what that meant until now, right? I agree. Once we start video recording, we can't have you on anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, we've already talked about that off air. Um, But we do have a nice, a really nice Cleveland Browns paper bag. So it'll come in handy for that that episode. (laughs) All right, so guys, everybody ready for New Year's? Absolutely. Okay. I hope it's better than last year. What'd you what do happened last year? last year? Well, I mean, last year, like, um, I was trying to light a firework in my hand, like Jean Pierre Paul did. Jean. <laughs> Jean. Yeah. You didn't have a duck in the other arm, did you? <laughs> I had quackers in the other arm. <laughs> oh, man. We won't get into that so, this week. Yeah. This year, I just thought I would play it safe and just straddle, like, one of those big Roman candles and just take off into space. Um, I uh, wish we had a camera but, so you could see the. the gestures he's making it's right across his crotch yeah right across it's gonna so, ride it right in his face so i'm hoping that's gonna play off better than whenever i was holding the candle in my hand nice okay. just gonna ride off into space good job mike good yep. job Vinny. how about you you got any cool plans for new year's day yeah i might go on the casino boat to celebrate new year's they're gonna do like um like a filet mignon lobster tail dinner so hey, probably a little gambling so play fancy. a little texas hold'em Very out there nice. a little ultimate texas hold'em we've done that that's before it. can we do it can we join you I mean, that was the time that we talked to Mike about your days in the Serbian CIA operative <laughs> mission. Remember? Oh, that's right. We're sitting there in the casino. You don't remember that? I do remember. We that. had you. We had you going. Yeah. We had you fooled. He did. Until his wife to everybody did. out there listening, I have no clue what they're talking about either. So uh, we're going to. Mike was a spy for the Serbian national government. <laughs> that's what hey, we're hey, talking sh- about. Stop. They're listening. Yeah, we don't talk about they're that. Listening. Mr. Nishi, you got any cool plans for New Year's? I was actually hoping that uh, Cajun would let me ride on his back there when he's uh, flying to outer space. <laughs> you got the golden ticket. You'll only use the tip, bro. Just relax. Just the tip, baby. Just, Just relax, man. Cash, how about you? Anything? I'm going to play a uh, video on YouTube of the ball dropping at like 8 o'clock so Reagan can go to bed a few hours early and then Katie and I will stay up and uh, have a few drinks and peace. Nice, with the oh, ball like dropping. That, that sounds so mature. I like that. That's how, that's, thanks, Dad. Yeah, that's a, that's a trick that you have to use yeah. when you have little yeah. kids. We have one adult at the table, and the rest of us are all teenagers, apparently. <laughs> that's it. Daddy casual. Matt knows that trick. I, I haven't tried that yet, but that's a good idea. Yeah. Right. It's like 9, nine o'clock, like, hey, oh, right. the ball dropped. You're good. Go to bed now. Yeah, a little Bacardi on the gums, and you're good to go. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right, so is everybody ready for this week's games? Yes. Absolutely. All right, so we know this is, is the final week. We need to give our best info. We need to give our best advice to everyone that's out there listening. We don't want to let anyone down, and we're going to get right back into it. Here we go with Chicago at Detroit, and this is going to be the game where you start everyone, and everyone puts up points, and it's fun to watch. This is Philly-Dallas on a lighter scale. Is there any? I, I don't think anyone is not going to be on the Raider. Mr. Nation, is there anything or anyone that we are not starting? Well, I think you should question starting David Montgomery. If you have a better option, I think this is the time to use him. I know Detroit just got gashed on the ground really bad by Carolina. 300 yards. Right, but up until that point, they were very good against the run. They were pretty stout against it, more than you would think. I think this is a spot where if you can, pivot away from David Montgomery. Outside of that, you're right. I mean, I'm rolling Justin Fields out there. Even after a down game against Buffalo, this is a great get-back spot. But monitor the health. He had his foot kind of messed up in the game a little bit. If he has an issue with his foot, you cannot play him. Right. So, you know, keep up on the news there. But if he's 100% a go, you roll him out there. And I like Cole Komet in this spot as far as pass catchers. Same here. With Darnell Mooney out, Komet's been a little more active in the passing game. 
I will say the Bears and the Lions are two of the worst teams in the league versus the run. I know that the Lions have been serviceable against the run over the last few weeks, but I just feel like they're reverting back to their former selves, and I would feel comfortable starting Montgomery. I do feel that also Fields adds a different dimension to that attack that it allows Montgomery to get a little more, a few more yards, let's just say. Over under 70 yards for David Montgomery on the ground. I'm going over. So take a look back at some of the previous weeks. I know Carolina did just gash them. But look at the yards per carry that they've given up. Very minimal to top backs. I I think Barkley had like 1.9 yards a carry against them. So they've been playing very well against the run. I'm with you on that, Vinny. Is Saquon still good? What? What do you think? Saquon, what's his yards per carry on the year? What are we talking about? Four point one for the season. For the season. Oh, it's probably it's probably pedestrian. It's probably in the fours. I mean, but he just had a great game against the Vikings. How is pedestrian back. fours? I mean, like that's half of yeah. The no, don't get me wrong. It's pedestrian for what we expect. Like his standard, you would really gotcha. hope he was like on Absolutely. the on the four seven five up. You know, right? Like, something like that would be nice. Like, you know? style. Isn't the league average like four and a half yards a carry now? Is it four and a half? That's the league average? It's Under? at least four. I know right. it's four. So you expect them to be well over league average, essentially. That's why I say, even though you're averaging four, sure, if you run it first down, second down, you get four and four. There's eight. You only need two more. Theoretically, you could stay on that. But you know the truth is teams are going to adjust. You know They're going to see you run. They're going to see you be run heavy. They're going to they're gonna want to start stacking the line. It doesn't always work like that. Right. So Saquon's a beast, you know. I mean, listen, I, I said over under 70 yards for Montgomery. I'm going to take the under in terms of his rushing yards. I don't know what his prize picks prop is, um, but, you know, that's always a good litmus test, I guess, or a good marker. So I'm going to look that up um, while we're talking here. Montgomery, 61 and a half yards. I'll take the under. Okay. I still like the under. And looking at his past five games, he's averaging 64 and a half. Okay. That's it. I mean, it's not a lot. All right. I think I like Montgomery. I Obviously, as a Bears fan, I've been watching a lot of their games. He is a try-hard kind of guy, and I love fields on the field with him. So I feel comfortable with Montgomery going over on that 62. On Detroit, is there anyone you're not starting? Amon Ra, Shark? Everybody on Goff. both teams. I mean, the over and under is 52 and a half, Wait, man. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Oh, we sorry. have DeAndre Swift out there, man. Uh-huh. Come on, think about this. I'm not starting either. Yeah, Jamal Williams has definitely fallen off. Now that Swift is healthy, Jamal Williams' carries have gone way down. His targets have gone way down. His touchdowns also. But DeAndre Swift, is he startable for you in any league? In the championship game? Championship game. No. Right. There's got to be somebody better out there to start. But, Josh, I had had, uh, Damian Pierce, and I picked up Rex Burkhead. So now I have to start Burkhead or DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. There you go. See, I made you think. Yeah, you did. Who does Houston play this week? Houston is playing a beatable team. Jacksonville. 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 Yeah. Jacksonville's good against uh, the run, typically. Man, I'm going to... Shit. I'll probably roll my chances out with Swift against the Bears. Oh, I like it. Yeah. There's one I'm not, person on the Swift train. No, I like no, it. I'm not going to lose the championship game because I started Burkhead instead of Swift. <laughs> you know, I, I still think at the end of the day, you look at the stats, and then you really got to ask yourself, who do I want to hitch my wagon to? It, it, it's not Rex Burkhead. No way, man. Oh, that was It was more of a joke. But I, I Oh, I thought, you were, I, I thought, I thought you were I thought you were posing a serious question. Actually, in reality, I do have, I did have Damian Pierce, and I did pick up Rex Burkhead. Oh, and the way so. Swift's been playing, that's a, that, that was a legit I'm not task. Not DeAndre Swift, but I wanted okay. to see when you said you were out on Swift. I wanted to see how low you were willing to go. Right, yeah, not that low. Oh, sorry, I, I misunderstood. No, no, not at all. My fault. What about McKinnon or Swift? If you're stuck in that, McKinnon, boat? McKinnon, yeah. yeah, yeah, even on that's a probably bad McKinnon. I wish I would have said that two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> this hurts. Guardians of the Dynasty. You know what I'm talking about. Okay. Fuck Not the record. league of record, just for the just for the record. Guardians of the Dynasty, but yeah, in this one it should be a ton of points. Vegas also agrees with that statement, and that it is a fifty-two over under on this. I actually still think it goes over. Detroit, Chicago, good chance both horrible of that. against the run. I can see Fields with at least eighty yards on the ground. Even though Vinny does not agree, I could see Montgomery with 70. Don't forget we have Khalil Herbert who's going to steal some of those carries. And we're playing that, in the dome. That's, that's an issue too. Like that, it's not, I'm not questioning his talent. 
Detroit's better against a run lately. Khalil Herbert's around. Justin Herbert's there. A lot of guys are going to be running the ball, too, not just Montgomery. Justin Herbert's made his way into this game. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Justin Herbert. I said Justin Herbert? Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm sorry, Khalil Herbert, Justin Fields. I apologize. <laughs> so just for the record, both of these teams are 10-5 and five on the over, and 71% of the public betting is on the over. So, And that's what pushed the over from 51.5 to 52.5. Great. I'm one of the sheep. There you go. I like it. This is one of those times where it's hard to get away from what the public's doing. I mean, yeah, right. I, I'm kind of with them. I love this quarterback matchup, by the way. I, I absolutely love it. I think Jared Goff is playing for not just to get the team in the playoffs, but down the road, is he going to be the guy next year? I mean, he's making a real case here for sure to be the guy next year, I and mean, for them maybe not to draft a quarterback and say, you know what, let's let's maybe get another offensive lineman out, up there. Let's get another player on defense because it's probably one of those two spots: defense or offensive lineman. Probably defense. Or a competent running back who's not always injured or whining about being hurt. <laughs> well, Honestly, he's got a good receiver core. Right. The, you know? the Jamal, believe it or not, Jamal Williams, as we know him, is done. We're not going to see him do that next year, and he's done doing wow. it this year. Those 12 touchdowns he scored, that's the thing of the past. It's like a solar eclipse. It comes every so often. He's yeah, let's say the- you pluck away one of the Miami running backs, Jeff Wilson or Rory right. Mostert, and put him up there. That, that that offense looks even better than they do right now. Right. Could Absolutely. you imagine Raheem Mostert on the Lions? Could you imagine if they had a tight end? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not that hard to imagine. Just a few games like, ago. That guy's I mean, no Zilstra. one's like great, but maybe like a Hawkinson or something. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. Yeah. Like a Just Dalton a TJ Hawkinson? Yeah, yeah, or like a Hawkinson somewhere yeah. like there. That'd be really good. No. But I don't know why they did that still. I mean, hopefully they do something with, the, with that draft pick, but we'll see. All right, so on to the next game, and here we go. Here we go. We're going to have to talk about Russell Wilson. I don't like it. Nobody likes it. We all hate him. Uh, the Jamarcus Russell Wilson Let's ride. experiment is going horribly wrong, and Kansas City at home is favored by over two touchdowns. That seems like a lot because Denver actually has a very good secondary, and they are favored more against the Broncos than they were against the Texans a couple weeks ago. Hey, what did uh, Baker Mayfield do to that secondary? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. He, Baker Uh-oh. Mayfield was a former number one overall pick, I'll have you know. And he, oh, he does gosh. not like your insinuations. <laughs> oh, gosh. If, if you have to start Russell Wilson, this is the game that you begrudgingly do it because he played very well against the Chiefs a few weeks ago. That was his only probably game of the year where you were like, wow, this is this is the rust that we wanted. Can he do it again? The math's not on your side. Yeah. But um, I still start Jerry Judy here. I would, and Dulcich. Absolutely. For me, Latavius Murray also going to be out there on my in my lineup. As far as Kansas City goes, Kelsey, McKinnon, I'm – I Pacheco. think Pacheco is good, but I would be very nervous about Juju against that secondary. I do realize that Baker Mayfield just torched him, but that is not going to be on my thought process for Juju. I can't see much more than four catches. The real question guy. is, where does McKinnon fall in? McKinnon, for me, I think if you're looking at a four-catch, 40-yard game with a TD Probably only gets about five carries, somewhere in the 22-yard range. So like a flex-type guy? Flex-type guy. If he's going in as your number two, I think you screwed up along the way, and you did not make the proper Yeah, you're not in the championship game, probably. I don't know. That's 16 points, though, for you in standard PPR if he does what you just said. That's pretty good. That's a good floor for an RB2. Yeah, with one-point PPR, that's going to give you eight points just on the catches, and then then a touchdown is going to give you another six. So I, I would be okay with that. It's not bad. No, not at all. Uh, like you I, said, you have the balls to do it. Like you don't have anything better. You, you know, everyone picked up Jared McKinnon off the wire for if sure. you have him. So, I mean, you, you seemed a little down on Montgomery. Are you starting Mac- Montgomery or Jarek McKinnon? It's really hard to get away from Jared McKinnon. I think he's a flex option. That's all. So, if you're in a league that starts, you know, two running backs with a flex, it's much easier to put him into your flex because you probably don't have four wide receivers that you feel confident about. I got Michael Pittman as my standard. number four, buddy. You know, if it was down between Michael Pittman and Jared McKinnon, I think you put Jared McKinnon in there. He has okay. so much touchdown equity. Okay. You know? Zeke? <laughs> Matt's looking at me like I'm crazy. What are you going to say, Matt? I was going to say even with B.D. Foles in there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Foles, man. Horrible. God, I was wrong on that guy. 
think I guess you were he, the only one. Everyone else thought he was garbage right. except you. Everyone I, else was like, nah. Don't I just do seen that. him do it so many times, and I, I guess I forgot really he hasn't played football in like two years. I mean, that's a real thing. It's called the Philly special, not the Indy special. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. However, the New York Giants are not. I mean, the Chargers secondary is not that bad. I mean, they got some stout people back there. They do give up a lot on the ground, but it, can he do anything in a second game? Yeah, if Kansas get... City was playing the Chargers, that'd probably matter. But since they're playing the Broncos, no, no, I went, I went, I went back to the to that oh, game okay. a little bit. But um, no, I, I know, I know who's playing, boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, all right, so Pacheco, we starting him. I, I'm starting Pacheco against the Broncos for sure. Okay. I'm going to call it out right now. Please do not put Kadarius Tony in your starting lineup. On his the... hamstrings are as thin as violin strings. <laughs> he had one touchdown last week. His line looked good to start. Th- when I looked down at my lineup, I know I saw Kadarius Tony, and I'm like, Jesus, what was I thinking? And then I'm like, oh, he had two targets all game. I was correct. Mm-hmm. It just happens that one of them went for a touchdown. Right. Leave him out of your lineup. Don't be the guy that comes back thinking he's going to score another touchdown. He had two targets. He is not a part of this passing game. Mm-hmm. Denver is tough against the pass. Leave him on your bench. Yep, I agree. All right. Uh, are we thinking they're going to cover? And is anyone going to put that what money is it, down? 14 and a half. Are they covering by 17 points? That's what the Broncos are getting? 14 and a half? 14 and a half points. For, uh, for 14 and a half to work, Russ has to be. Just as bad as last game. I, I I think when NFL teams are embarrassed, you know, when you come off an embarrassment and you're you're on TV, obviously that, you know, these guys have pride. These are human beings. They're going to come ready to play. There's going to be a new voice in the building. They got rid of the coach. I'm sure there's a majority of the people in that Broncos locker room that still believe Russell Wilson is a good quarterback. But our coach put him in terrible spots. There's right. a huge number of guys in the locker room that believe that. I think these guys are going to come out with their hair on fire, and I think they're going to cover 14 and a half. I don't see the Chiefs blowing them out, man. All right. I, I, I just believe in the whole disrespect, embarrassment factor. Like, and 78% of the public is on the Chiefs. Okay. Oh. Come on, man. Wow. What about you, Mike? Um, I usually like to zig when others are zagging, so I'm probably going to take Kansas City to cover that Cover spread. the 14? I am. I honestly... I. But you're not, you're not zigging. You're not zigging or zagging. That's what everyone's doing. Everyone thinks Kansas City is going to do that. Yeah, seventy-eight oh, percent of the public is on Kansas City to cover the yeah. fourteen and a right, half. I'm stupid. I misunderstood that. No, no, it's okay. no you're not stupid. It's okay. Then I will go with the public. I do think Kansas City is going to cover that fourteen. Ninety-three percent of the money is on Kansas City. Yeah, ninety-three percent of it. I'm just not betting it. I don't feel. I don't feel good about that either way. Division games always are right close sure. to. You know, it's yeah. one thing to have a two-touchdown spread. It's another to get the hook. That right. .5 makes a huge difference in the betting world. Yeah. They might win by 14, but they might not win by 14 and a half. Right. I mean, that, that's a real thing here. We'll see. All right. Well, on to our next game, and that is going to be an exciting matchup, and we're going to let Cajun Raider take over for most of this one. San Fran is going into Vegas, where they are favored by six. 44 and a half is the over-under. Vegas is expecting a little bit of a shootout, which is a little surprising. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Mike, take it away. Man, I mean, I, I hate this. Like, we have looked so horrible over the past few weeks. I mean, it's just embarrassing. Uh, I really can't stand McDaniels. I've made that very clear. I don't think that we stand a chance against the 49ers. I mean, the Niners are 10-5 and five against the spread. We're 7-8. and eight. I don't even know how that's possible. The game management is absolutely horrible. I talked about, you know, earlier before the show, we talked about, like, you know, two-minute offense, four-minute offense, five-minute, you know, just, like, the game management is just horrible. It seems like they're just clueless whenever it comes to, like, hey, we have this much time left, and the possessions are probably going to go this way and that way, and we've been wrong, like, every single time. It's, like, ridiculous to me. So, no, absolutely. I I would say the 49ers are absolutely going to destroy us. I don't like our chances to even... Stay in this. I don't like Josh Jacobs against that that 49ers defense. I don't like anybody against this 49ers defense. It's going to be a, a disaster for the. I mean, Raiders. if you have Devontae Adams, he has to be in your lineup, correct? Yeah, especially after yeah. a horrible game like he had. I mean, hopefully there's some garbage points that that would be available there. You I grit mean, your teeth doing it though. Yeah, Darren Waller is he in your starting lineup? Uh, last case scenario, yeah. I mean, but again, it's all going to be garbage. Like, this is going to be a horrible game. I, I, I mean, I watch them all. But Okay, so if you had Darren Waller and you picked up Njoku, is anyone starting Njoku over Darren Waller? I would 
take Waller based on garbage points. Any player that I take on the Raiders would be strictly for garbage time. Okay. Vinny, are you taking Darren Waller or Robert Tunyon? That's a tough one, but I still think I'm going to lean Darren Waller. Okay. Talent wins out on that one? Talent wins out. That's all. The Raiders are in trouble. They're not going to be able to run the ball. San Fran hasn't allowed a rusher to reach 60 yards. Brian Robinson got the closest at 58, I believe. So that's going to force them to pass and pass a lot. Nick Bosa is going to tee off. That whole defensive line is ferocious for the Niners. It's just going to be one of those situations. Carr's going to be under constant duress all game. I don't even know how this gets to 44.5 points. That's what I see the over-under at. Right. I just don't see it. I see one team putting up points. I don't see the Raiders being able to put up points here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this a rematch of the the 49ers and the Bucks? You see it that kind of a blowout? 35 at right. the half, something like that? Right. It could be that ugly, for sure. Okay. It could be. All right. Niners are real, man. And this Brock Purdy kid... This guy's no joke. Very efficient. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is out the door. I think Brock Purdy is your starter. And I think your backup is Trey Lance. I don't think Trey Lance usurps this kid, especially if he makes a deep playoff run. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. The question is, does Tom Brady leave the Bucks and come join the Niners? And I believe that. If that doesn't happen, though, and Purdy's there, I think this is Purdy's team if he can take him to at least an NFC championship game. If he, I'll agree with you on that. If he takes him to the NFC championship game, game that could be tough to surpass them but the draft stock says lance is going to be given every opportunity they gave up a boatload of picks draft capital to get him it seems very difficult to believe that purdy being mr irrelevant is going to take him over so i love trend lance just like you do and i know you have him on your dynasty team so this is a, a delicate topic per se but I saw Trey Lance take the field with the Niners, and he looked bad. He did. He just did not look like he was ready to be an NFL quarterback. Is he more talented? Does he have more arm strength? Is he more athletic? I guess. But this Brock Purdy kid knows where to go with the ball every play. I, it's amazing. Mr. Irrelevant. Like, you would have never thought. When he takes the ball from under center, and it's hike-hike, and he looks... He looks at his first read, second Quick read, reads, third yeah. read, finds Christian McCaffrey in the flat, yep. knows how to hit a guy on the slant, knows how to let a play develop when, when you're looking for a deep out. Like, the kid's good. The yeah. kid's good. And I know Kyle Shanahan's good, too. I was going to say, it helps when you have it great helps. coaching there, too. It helps. It, he it, puts it him in the right helps. position. But why, why, why then didn't Trey Lance look like that? Trey Lance's first game of the year was against the Bears. We expected huge things. Oh, because right. the Bears. The Bears are shitty. Because there's some mental play, and I'm sorry, Matt, but there's mental players and there's athletic athletic players, right? I mean, so go ahead. Uh, that was going to be my whole point. Talent probably won out for him the, the whole way up to this level. Right. And, and now it has to be more of a cerebral game. Right. And maybe he just wasn't as much of a student of the game. Right. Does that does that give him trade value? If, if let's say Purdy makes a deep run or whatever, do they think about trading the upside of Trey Lance Absolutely. to a team that, that wants? I would say no. And I would say... The reason is PTSD of the injuries. The reason they went and got Lance is because of Jimmy G's inability to stay healthy. They're like, we need someone else. It wasn't Jimmy G's, it wasn't his passer rating, it wasn't his touchdown ratio, it was his inability to stay on the field. So they went out and got another quarterback. I think that they will maintain a quality backup at all times. They've got... Trey Lance locked up for the next three years. There's nowhere he can go. There is literally no reason to trade him. And it's hard to believe, based on performance, that anyone's going to give up the draft capital needed to acquire him to make trading him justifiable. Maybe it's just me, but it feels like I think they're going to keep Trey Lance one way or the other. I can agree with that. I, I don't see a reason to trade Trey Lance per se because let's say that Purdy comes out next year and he is the starter and he has a bad start to the year or he gets injured. You're right. They're in the same predicament they are in every year. It seems like this team is always a quarterback away sure. every year. So you know what the solve is? You know how you solve this problem? The GOAT. You bring in Tom <laughs> Brady. Because one thing about Tom Brady is he is he's not a guy that gets hurt. He's there all the time. He's... 45, sure, going on 46, but there's no defense he hasn't seen. There's no throw he still can't make. There's no read he still can't make. If Purdy gets them, let's say Purdy gets them to the the divisional round. And, well, they're going to start off in the divisional round, but let's say they lose their opening 
you know, game in the playoffs to whoever. Well, next year, Jimmy G's out the door. You got Lance in the building. You got Purdy in the building. If Tom Brady decides he wants to become a free agent, which he can, or he will be, and he doesn't want to resign in Tampa, but he wants to continue to play, you don't think Kyle Shanahan's going to open the door and say, take the reins for one year? Let's make a Super Bowl run. Oh, for sure. Seems reasonable. Man, now you have Tom Brady leading your team. You got Purdy backing him up, and you got Trey Lance holding a clipboard to the GOAT, learning. Learning how to play quarterback. Free and Debo Samuel and then Oh, my God. And George Kittle. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Cue up the, I'm drafting George Kittle round three chance. For sure. He's going to shoot up the draft board. I mean, shoot up. Would he be the number two? Would you take him over Mark Andrews for next year? Considering how Mark Andrews has finished the year and the unknown with Lamar, yeah, I think so. If if Brady's there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, look what he did with Gronk Gronk, at age 33, man. Like, remember that year, two years ago, Lance drafted him? Lance, if you're listening to him, you drafted him, like, in round six in Genius, and we were all laughing at you, like, what are you thinking, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Gronk's having a tight end one type season? I mean, I get Kittle? Pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Brady good. turns Kittle into the guy we always wanted him to be yeah. all year long if he stays healthy. Absolutely. The storybook ending for Brady. That's it. A real storybook ending, man. Joe Montana is my idol. I grew up in the Bay Area. Call it quits one year in San Fran and maybe win a Super Bowl. Him and Kittle throwing that trophy across the bay. That's, that's, that's the way to go out. I like it. He's won in all sorts of bays, baby. All right, so we're going to take a quick commercial break. Guys, just to remind you that the official sponsor of the championship formula is going to be Mr. D's Delicious Pizza. Bringing you the delicious gyro pizza. Stop in, say hi to Mike. Tell him that we sent you. He will give you a 10% discount on anything that you order. And as a reminder, he does have Mr. D's food truck available for all of your events, birthday parties, Christmas parties. Can't ask for more. Corporate man. parties. Yeah. Uh, bar mitzvahs. Bar mitzvahs. Mm-hmm. Weddings. If you, you beg him, it. he might even show up outside of Bear Assets one time. Yeah, yeah. Right no. next to the hero truck. I've seen him. For there. sure. Nice. Wait, no. So I anything haven't. that you need, he's there for you. But go in, stop in, say hi, tell him that we sent him. Tell him that we sent you in. All righty, <laughs> guys, and talk to you soon. And we're back, guys. We only have a few games left, and we want to make sure that we give you all the great advice that you need for this week's championship game, so we're going to get right back to it. And we're going to start off with the Jets going to Seattle. they got to love that jet lag, but they're still giving Jets 2.5 points, and 42.5 is the over-under. Seattle has definitely lost their way over the last few weeks, four to six weeks to be precise. And uh, feels kind of like Gino has been exposed. Anyone seeing something that I'm not seeing for this game? Nope. I don't really like. I don't like much in this game at all. Um, on the Seahawks side, you're going up against a really strong. Oh, here we go. Thank you, guys. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. I don't like a whole lot in this game at all. If you um, missed the first part of that. You got uh, Metcalf on uh, Seattle side of the ball, but he's going up against a really good uh, Jets secondary. They really shut down receivers left and right. And you do got Mike White going up against the Seahawks, so that's a good thing on the Jets side of the ball. I don't know that I like Zonovan Knight here. He has a good rapport with um, Mike White, but I don't know. How much is Michael Carter going to come back into play now that he's healthy? And... um, that does make Garrett Wilson startable, though. So that's that's probably my most shining piece there is Garrett Wilson. Vinny, are you starting BAM? Are you back on the BAM train? It, it's hard to be there. Against Detroit, ran it 13 times for 23 yards. Against Jacksonville, six times for negative two yards. He got banged up. I don't know. I, I think this is a spot where if you can afford to, please stay away. The matchup is really good. The production just hasn't been there the last two games, and it's hard to go into a championship game expecting – Big things now. So I, I, I'd i say no. I, okay. I mean, I'd, Seattle I'd, is bottom five team against the run and yards per carry and total yardage. So it does kind of give them a little bit of hope. But right. yeah. the crew is against that idea. What about you? 
what about me? I like Garrett Wilson. Same. Bam okay. Bam Knight is probably not cracking my lineup. There's probably 25 guys I'm starting over him. You starting and Metcalf? I think you have to. Uh, Marquise Goodwin stepped in for Lockett, who's probably not going to be back again this week. And Goodwin was basically useless because he just gave more love to DK Metcalf. The guy is an animal at 6'4", 225 pounds, one of the most physically imposing receivers in the league. Love it. He does. He, he kind of bullies his way around. He's yeah. going to get those targets, and he'll make his catches. Right. So, Sauce Gardner looks like a streaming man compared right? to DK. He really does. <laughs> I expect DK to throw him around a little bit. And Sauce is going to hold his own. I mean, Sauce, Sauce is very good, but yeah. physically imposing is the right words for DK Metcalf. For sure. Right. Mike, you see anything over there? Yeah, I'm anxious to see that matchup, man. Because, you know, we've, we've seen some of those matchups in the past with OBJ and um, what's the guy from... Uh, the uh, Carolina guy? Yeah. Um, Josh Norman? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I could see some of that going down, so I'll plant my flag on that. Like, we could see some um, nastiness going on with that matchup. I want to see Does it, Does Sauce man. travel? Does he travel with receivers? Does he? No, I think he's locked down. Yeah, I thought typically, it, just the one side. I think. Right. So remember when they were playing the uh, the Rams, the Seahawks were, and uh, DK went in motion, and they looked right at uh, Rams. Yeah, Rams oh, yeah. waved yeah. to him like, "Come yeah. on, then," you know, because yeah. he he had thrown his arms up, and and DK is like, "Well, come on, yeah, you know, come I get some it. of this." You I know, love it. Yeah, I mean. If Sauce doesn't travel, there'll be plenty of opportunity for DK to get in the slot, to go on the other side. They'll, they'll formulate some ways to get him the ball. I think DK's pretty safe play because Sauce won't travel with him. I'll say they're both going to get ejected. <laughs> okay. Hey, wow, that wouldn't surprise me either. I like that call. Looking into his crystal ball. I mean, they're two 7-8 teams with everything to play for. I mean, they need the team that loses is out of the playoff race. Correct. The team that wins is very much in the thick of things. And that's okay. it. I do wish there was a few more starters, but our next game will have a ton of starters, and that is going to be the Vikings going into the frozen tundra. Green Bay favored by three and a half. Vegas expecting a bit of a shootout at 48 and a half points for the over-under. I know Rodgers did not fare well against Miami in a great weather game, but I do feel like this is the game where Rodgers is going to be a start of the week. I feel three three. Touchdowns coming out of Rogers this week. And Are you going to do the uh, the Brady three hundred and three prediction? I, I was right on the money with that one. You buddy. were. <laughs> Are you going to do it again? Hey, I, I know it was all the way back in week one, but take a look at it and see what Rogers did against Minnesota. I don't have my almanac out, so I'm going to let you tell, tell us. That. Come on, I man. I don't have the stats on me. Oh, Thank you very much, Mr. Okay. Wielden. Come no, on. Was, no, no, I'm glad. I'm glad it, it referred to that. It was, it was three point seven game. points. Yeah. That's it. It was three point seven points. But did Green Bay? Is that Bay... on the ground? Or that, was... <laughs> <laughs> that was Rodgers' satellite. Three point seven standard PPR points. But my question is: Did Green Bay learn from their mistakes? Are they going to shadow Justin Jefferson with Jair Alexander and have safety help over the top? Justin Jefferson tore through Green Bay, and at the end of the game, Jair Alexander was asked, "Why weren't you covering him? Why weren't you shadowing him?" And Jair's response was pretty much, "That's not a question for me. You need to ask them. I have no idea what they're doing." Wow. Right. Yeah, Jair Alexander, I believe he's the highest paid cornerback in the league, correct? Can he not shadow Justin Jefferson then? Can anyone shadow Justin Jefferson? Uh, I mean, for me, Justin, Jeffers, Justin Jefferson is probably the best skill player in the league, and it does seem like every team is having trouble shutting right. him down. I think Green Bay will shadow him with Jair Alexander with safety help, and it's going to change the outcome of this game to make it a game that Green Bay could win. Okay. If they do not shadow him with safety help over the top, then they didn't learn from their mistakes in week one. And Green you Bay know? is number three against the, the pass. Green Bay has players in the secondary. They, sure. they they could formulate better coverage against this guy, and that, that's what this game hinges on. Because I know Minnesota is going to score some points, and I think Green Bay is going to score some points too. The question is, do you limit Justin Jefferson enough so he doesn't go nuclear and wreck the game for you? This guy is a game wrecker, man. Like, you can't just say, hey, we're not going to give him our best corner. We're just going to let him move around the formation, and we're not going to give safety help. Like, what were the Packers thinking in week one? Like, really, man? It, it, it was. So, I looked at it, and I was like, golly, man. Yeah. All right, like, so if they're listening to this podcast and they do exactly what you say, what Vikings receiver is having the better game, K.J. Osborne or Adam Thielen, and are either one of them startable in this week's game? I would say Osborne. Nishas, what would you? What's your call? 
Uh, I don't really like either one of them too much. Hawkinson had a lot of targets last week. I would say Jefferson, then Hawkinson would be the target share there. I agree 100%. Jefferson is still going to have the best game no matter what coverage they roll out. But the question is, do you want Jefferson to have 110 yards on you know seven catches, or do you want him to have 185 with two touchdowns and 14 catches? That's the difference. Right. Matt, you, you have, have Jefferson, right? Uh, yeah, I think I'll you probably... Want, you want the 185. Right, right, okay. right. Okay. I think right. I should probably start him this week, too. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> you might want to do that. Yes. I think that's pretty much an auto start. For that guy, Dalvin Cook is going to be an auto start. Kirk Cousins putting up a ton of points. No matter what his team is doing, wins and losses, or how it actually looks on the field, on the stat sheet, Kirk Cousins is almost an auto start. Unless you have a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Jalen Hurts, who, of course, is out this week. I do have one more thing to say on Jefferson. I know Steve Vega is very happy to be playing against him. This is like the third matchup he's had against him in the playoffs here, so he's extremely excited. (laughs) I'm sure he'll be texting me tomorrow after he listens to this. All right, so uh, how about on the Green Bay side of the ball, Aaron Jones, Christian Watson? Are they going into your lineup? Christian Watson might be still banged up with that hip, but uh, I'm going to start Aaron Jones here. Minnesota, you want as many offensive pieces in this game as you can get yeah with what you said about watson i would start romeo dobbs i I love christian watson in this game i hope he's healthy and i think green is going to need every bit of him because he was really coming on you can tell rogers is starting to trust him he's getting some more targets not just the end zone looks anymore not just the touchdown looks i mean in between the 20s like he's looking for him and they're formulating plays and setting things up for him i think they need christian watson i I don't trust romeo dobbs no Nah. even with the the championship game okay Yeah, Yeah, and Vegas is in agreement, thinking that this is going to be close to a 50-point game, so there should be lots of points to go around. Green Bay, I'm sorry, Green Bay favored by three and a half? Three and a half. Minnesota 12 and three, Packers 7 and eight. That tells you everything you need to know about how little faith Minnesota does not get a lot of love. They don't. They don't deserve it. They don't stop anybody. Also, every one of their games seems like it's decided by less than three points, so there's no reason to give them that many points. This team could easily be three and nine. And that's not even an exaggeration. Look back at all their games. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they've been very fortunate. Um, yeah, Kevin yeah. O'Connell hates you right now. <laughs> he doesn't like you at all. They, to me, they could lose in the first round of the playoffs. Okay. Easy. That wouldn't shock me. Well, the next game we're going to is going to be the exact opposite. They're projecting 41 points for the over-under. They are. It is a 6.5-point favorite, which for the Chargers feels a little high, but I don't make the lines. Vegas does. I just can't imagine the Chargers win by a touchdown against the Rams. I don't think the Chargers even care. They already made the playoffs. They clinched. So this game is not really important in the grand scheme of things. They're okay. not going to win the division. Their seeding is probably not going to change much. So they are who they are. They got into the playoffs, and we're finally going to get to see Justin Herbert. Super excited in the okay. playoffs. Okay, so let me ask you. Baker Mayfield looking great. Sean McVay seems to have a man crush for this guy. Loved him coming out of the draft obviously catering the offense to him. Cam Akers did great this past week. Are you starting Baker Mayfield any way, shape, or form in a 12-team, one-quarterback league? Do you start him over Herbert? Hold on. Let's say you're in a situation where you got Justin – or not Justin, um, Hurts, where you have Gardner Minshew that you might have picked him off or picked him up and threw him, him in as your starter. Who do you trust more right now, Baker Mayfield or Gardner Minshew? Minshew for me. Minshew. Oh, man, I love Mayfield. It's a, it's, it's it's a legit question. Only because McVay, I think he wants him to succeed. Yeah, He wants a, comp, a compensatory pick. When he leaves, that that's what's going on here. That's why he has a man crush on him. He has hungry eyes. He's like, hey, let's make sure Baker plays well, yeah. gets signed by another team, and we uh, we get a compensatory pick because, let's face it, the Rams have traded them away for the next 14 years. They have no picks. <laughs> yeah. So they need every single pick they can get. But, okay. you know, from a fantasy perspective, against the Raiders, 16.2 fantasy points, the majority of which came on the very last drive on that touchdown pass in the end zone. Against mm-hmm. the Green Bay Packers, 8.54. And then last week against Denver, 21. And then you have some reverse line movement here because the Rams are favored. Actually, 50, 52% of the public is on the Rams. The line opened up at 8, minus 8, and now it's down to minus 6.5. So typically... I mean, the public is fickle, though. It's what the, it's the latest thing in their mind, and they just saw the Rams coming off a huge win against Denver. 
So I would assume that has a lot to do with it. Watching them put up 51 points on prime time, they're probably thinking, oh, I, may, maybe Mayfield has got something. But Vegas lowered the line based on that. So that's what I'm saying, like reverse line movement. Right. Like Vegas Vegas like took it down like, you know, gosh, what is that? Like a point and a half. Okay, let me – here you go. Let's, we like to play this game. Um, you starting uh, Russ or are you starting Baker Mayfield? Man, I'm telling you, I think Russ is I'm, – I'm just going to plant my flag in that right now. I think that this is the perfect opportunity for Russ to say it wasn't me. It was that that guy. <laughs> it was that – what were you going to say that? What? I was going to say that D-bag, but right, I'm, right, I'm right. trying to control my language. <laughs> so I think Russ is going to – I think Russ is going to take this opportunity to just say, hey, look, no, nah, don't point the finger at me. Okay, your other man crush. Yep. You starting McCoy against the Falcons or Baker Mayfield? McCoy. Is it because of the crush or just? No, yeah, it's because he hates Mayfield. Okay. Hates his face. <laughs> All right. That 15 no, uh, year old slight beard that he's growing now, he hates it. Makes him angry. It's because Mike hasn't shaved his face in 10 years and he can't grow a beard. And he hates Mayfield because he can. Hates it. Anywhere you at? Well, I mean, Baker Mayfield and one quarterback standard PPR leagues, I don't think he's a QB1 by any stretch. I can find 12 QBs I'd rather start in front of him. Um, but if you're desperate, I, I mean, you, you could championship be, game, you got a few injuries, and you are stuck making a rough decision. I mean, I'm trying to look at some of the quarterbacks you might be starting. Like Colt McCoy was a good example. I take Colt McCoy over him versus Atlanta. Um, let's say, well, if you have Jared Goff or Justin Fields, you know you're starting both of them. Are you going to start Derek Carr against no. San Francisco? Or are you no. going to start? Seriously, there's only a handful of guys I would even think of starting against the Niners at this moment in time. Right, that, that was a good. That was a good. That was that, a good one. That could be something that you may have made it to a championship game in one quarterback league, and all you have is Derek Carr. Do you go to the waiver wire and get Baker Mayfield? You say yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Carr is right. going to get so, injured in this game. <laughs> I can tell you that. I love the guy, but he's going to get injured. I mean, so, like. I mean, they're, they I mean, might be trading that, in the car after this game. That, that might be the only situation because, listen, you got Burrow, you're starting him. You got Josh Allen, you're starting him. Um, you got Lamar Jackson possibly coming back, you're starting him. You got, uh, who am I missing? Justin Fields, obviously, I already said. What um, about Kramer. Daniel Jones against the Colts? I like Daniel Jones. Man, I'm starting Daniel Jones. He's He's been more than serviceable all year. All right. He's, he's held his own and he's had some nice games. It's. So you know, a- the, the one thing I'll say about Baker Mayfield, the, the, the best thing about Baker Mayfield for the Rams is Tyler Higby. He has officially made Tyler Higby relevant again. For sure. Higby is a tight end one. If you, if you can go get him, look on your waiver wires. Both of you guys should be looking on your waiver wires. Actually, if Tyler Higby is sitting there, I would take Tyler Higby over Dallas Goddard. I would take Tyler Higby over Njoku. I would take him over Taysom Hill. I would take him over Gerald Everett. I mean, there's a lot of guys I would take sure. Tyler Higby over. Mayfield has seemed to gravitate towards him. Yeah. And you're, you're a guy that actually has um, that I mean, situation, right? I, I, have got, situation? I, I have got it right now. So that that's yeah. I, I was actually thinking about Higby just because the targets have been there. No. I, I Goddard's been all season in the games that he's played. He's been a top five tight end. So right. It, I, it, it's hard to go away from that, man. You, you and, don't want to go out. You, right. you don't want to lose and watch Goddard go off. Right, I get right. it. But, you know, Tyler Higby has had a history of helping guys win fantasy championships True, down the stretch. Sure. He has no, a quarterback yeah. that favors him. He's not a field stretcher. He's not going to get you an 80-yard pass, but he might get you about 10, you know, 10-yard passes. And and that's that's very valuable. That's okay. very, very valuable at the tight end position, especially in our league. Yeah, for sure. On to the next matchup that has two great tight ends, and that's going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers going to see the Baltimore Ravens. And Mike... The question for you is, is the Muth Luth? How's he going to do? You know what? I've said all year long that I can't stand Pat Fryermuth. And no, actually, it's, on, it's the on the record. Opposite. It's on the record that I like. If you listen to this podcast backwards, <laughs> oh, okay. backwards, that's how. No, I looked at. I looked. He had his wallet open the other day. He had a picture of Pat Fryermuth and with his family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had cut out little Fryermuth headshots and put it in between his daughters. <laughs> yeah, I the adopted thing. him. I adopted him from a South African family. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, I'm not really into um Pat, Pat Fryermuth. South yeah. African family. Yeah, nobody knew that. I mean, that's why, he, like, I was so on the cutting edge of making him my, one of my top choices. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I like where you went with that. <laughs> For our so. South African audience, um, you know, we, we love South Africa. No, well, yes. there's like, 
South Africa is mostly Mike's white. Uh, so Baltimore is favored by three and a half in this game. And this is a weird line. They have the over-under at 36 points. If Lamar Jackson comes back, is there any chance it stays under that? Mr. Nicious, what do you feel? 36, too high for you? It, it's just so hard to trust Lamar Jackson. It, he's been hurt. What is that offense going to look like? That What playmakers do they have? I mean, there's been a lot of injuries. Wait, are you saying Duvernay is not a playmaker? Uh, no. Okay. Du would be a Novernay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And Mark Andrews has been underperforming. Absolutely. Deontay Johnson, too, I'm looking at on the other side just because of the target volume that he's had. But other, I don't want a bunch of almost any pieces in this game. Just I'm expecting like a 13-10 or 17-14 type game. It's just not the game that really gets me excited. Okay. Well, the Ravens are solid against the pass, but fairly weak against the run. Vinny, That's what are I was you starting say. Harris or yeah. Warren? I, I think this is a game where you can start Najee as a flex and feel pretty confident you may get RB2 numbers out of him. But I go. definitely think a flex is in play. I actually like Deontay Johnson as a wide receiver three in this game. Pittsburgh has everything to play for. Baltimore has nothing to play for. Baltimore has clinched a playoff spot. They probably can't improve their seating much. Um, they're going to play a walk-hard weekend. It is what it is. Pittsburgh can win out and make the playoffs. How unbelievable is that? Completely. They can make the playoffs. So this game means everything to them. I actually like them to win. I, I, I like them to go on the road in prime time in an oh, ugly wow. game. That's probably going to be one of those nasty, you know, run into a couple brick walls here and there, throw a few punches, you know, ugly catches over the middle where you get annihilated. But I think the Steelers are going to find a way to win. I like the Steelers' defense as of late. And uh, I think they'll do just enough. And I, I don't think Lamar plays. Oh, wow. I thought that there was a good chance that he plays this week. Yeah. But I, th- I think there is a good chance, but I think when, when, when people get together in the organization, they're going to say, well, let's make sure he's 100%. Let's hold him out one more week. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, the seeding doesn't really matter too much, right? They, they don't have very much to play for as far as the seeding. They seating. clinch so they can't win the division. Right. It's just not happening. The, the Bengals are winning the division. So just rest him up. That's okay. what I said. Speaking of the Bengals, that is going to be the Monday night game. It's going to be our last game on the slate. This is the big Ooh. one. Buffalo going into Cincinnati. The spread is one and a half, favoring Buffalo. The over-under is 49 and a half, second highest game of the week. Vegas expecting a bit of a shootout. Most of the money is on Buffalo, with Cincinnati being at home, a little bit of a shocker. But um, Mr. Raider? Yeah, so give me a prize pick over or under for the temperature for the game. Um, I'm, I'm going to set the over or under at um mike has never played prize picks that's why and he they keep refusing his cage match i don't get it (laughs) he's asking for a cage match of joe burrow versus josh allen and they keep just rejecting it he it's like hours of just trying the same bet over and over so so let me just weather's going to be okay okay let me throw this out there um so if with all the winter weather and everything going on um they stop looking it up josh weather's okay um let's say 62 degrees over and under what do you guys say under of course i mean it's on so i'd say it's gonna be in the 50s right yeah 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 Yeah. matt and the 50s yeah yeah we're not so much worried about the wind we covered this Uh, last uh, week wait hold on hold on before you roll over me the temperature is going to be 64 degrees oh oh that, yeah, that changes that? everything. How about that? That changes that everything. Really, you like that? That affects the over under big time. I big like time. It. No, I said the over or under for the temperature. I said fifty two or whatever I said. In what way is this going to help fantasy managers? That's all I want to know. I'm Literally just seven people just changed the station. <laughs> I, I think Someone this game hits the other fifteen. Away. Just kept listening. Yeah, this game hits the over. I think. Um, obviously, I'm a Bills fan. I want them to win, but. What, what was it, a one-and-a-half point? One-and-a-half points going to Buffalo. This is a coin toss. The Bengals have, have beat Kansas City. The Bengals can beat Buffalo. There's no doubt about it, but um, I'm taking the over. And I don't know if I feel good about uh, the one-and-a-half points, even as a Bills fan. It's okay. Playing in Cincinnati. I'm just happy that guys have a chance in much better weather. Stephon Diggs, come on, head out of your ass, please. Let's get some more points on the board. Josh Allen. Devin Singletary had a nice week last week, but on Cincinnati's side, is anyone going to stop that three-headed monster of Mixon, Chase, and Higgins? Probably not. So Buffalo's going to have to bring some real defense to stand a chance in this game. Buffalo, man. 
I love Buffalo in this game. I think Diggs is going to go off. I think he's going to have a monster game. He's been held under, I think, 12 fantasy points for the past like three games because yeah. of all this terrible weather. I think even less. Yeah. Um, I just trust Josh Allen here to come in. He knows what's at stake, that number one overall seed. The game's going to be huge. Both teams are going to put up points. You want as many people in your lineup as possible from both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're telling me to pick a winner, I got Buffalo. I like a minus one and a half. I would bet it. Uh, at least one unit. I feel real strong here. I like Buffalo to get this done. Gabe Davis is any in anyone's starting lineup. The ultimate boomer bust. Okay. Yeah. Cha- this is championship week. We are trying to give the best advice. Is no. he yeah, all right, there we go. Nope. No. no. And, and I'll expand on that. It, it's just because he's so boomer bust, there's no consistency. Okay. I don't see a target share that's consistent. And ever since Josh Allen hurt the elbow, he hasn't been the same. Devin Singletary, is he in your starting lineup as a flex option? No, I like Cook. Cook. Devin Singletary has a flex. Yeah, I can see him as a flex. Okay, well, when flex? I just don't want to depend on him as my RB1 or RB2. You know, if if you're at that point in your championship game, then you must be really, really good. You must have went zero running back, pretty much. You must be really strong at receiver and tight end. The real question is, if it's 64 degrees, what does it feel like at game time? 74. Okay, so it actually got the is... the heaters on. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because it's a dry cold. It's a dry yeah. cold. <laughs> and they have heaters. There's not a lot of wind. So, yeah, I could see that. Good call, so Mike. you guys missed my over and under. It was on the temperature, not the over and under on the game. No, yeah, we, no we, we actually got that. Oh. We, we smelled what you were stepping in, buddy. No okay. worries. <laughs> if the Bills want to win the Super Bowl, their road starts right now. they got to beat the Bengals, and they got to beat the Patriots. And they're in. They got the seed. They got the number one overall. They get to rest a week. Kansas City will have to go to them in Buffalo. Yeah, they just they have to beat there. the white-hot Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Yeah, it definitely feels right. like a playoff game. All streets come to an end, man. All yeah, streets man. come to an end. If the roulette table hits 24 black in a row, you can bet 25, 26, 20. Something's coming up red eventually. Their streak's coming to an end, man. I'm calling it right here at home. I hope you're right. They're going to blow it. They're going to blow it. I got, I got bills. Well, who do you got? Bills or, or Cincinnati? What do you think? I'm sitting looking at Josh right into his eyes. And I, I hate to say it, but I am going to take the Bengals on this one. Bengals at home. What do you got, Cajun? I'm going the Bills, man. Bills. Okay. Mr. Nishas, this is not a tiebreaker. You can Bills, be Bengals. on the winning side or the losing side. I'm going with the Bills. Okay. You're on the losing side. Good job. <laughs> All right. Four to one. Don't listen to him, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. I appreciate you joining us. And uh, just want to throw in one last commercial break for you going here at the end, and that is going to be Mash Hoagies, the official sub slash sandwich of the championship formula. If you're looking for a cheap option for dinner, looking for something for the kids, the grilled cheese, the chicken tenders, lots of different sides. They've got almost 15 different sides, ranging from beer-battered onion rings, jalapeno poppers. they got ice cream treats inside the store. Just go in, tell Sonny that you heard about him on the championship formula. He's going to knock that 10% right off the bill, and you're going to be happy. All right, guys, y'all have a great one, and we will talk to you after New Year's. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, sir.